Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. This is a confident show, especially when we're on Radio Row. Wednesday edition, bringing in my guy Alex Marvez, who showed up in a gator hat. Um, <laughs> let's, it's a stocking. Yeah, gator hat indeed. Let's, go, uh, let's get right to it. Um, a couple days away from the game itself. We had a big debate about this. Brady versus Jordan the best team athlete of all time. You've watched both these guys play, I'm sure, a lot of games over your life as both a fan and now as a sports writer and and talker. Who's better? If Brady wins his sixth Super Bowl, I think those are the two best team athletes of certainly the last 40 years, let's say. Who would you say has had a better career, even though we know that Brady's career is not technically over yet? I mean, I think you have to say Jordan is the better guy. I mean, you know what I mean? But Brady has enjoyed continued success. We had that, you know, is Brady going to leave, I don't want to say embarrassing himself, but the Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan, just wasn't the same. People just pretend that didn't exist. Like when I think about Jordan, I think think about that shot that he made to win his sixth title against Brian Russell when he pushed off and got away with it, game six. And that's to me when Jordan's career ended. And that's not to take anything away from his role with the the, the Wizards and everything else. And I know he had a couple of big-time Jordan-esque performances still to come with the Wizards. But to me, Jordan's career ended on that shot that he made over Ryan Russell. Right. Well, if we, if we want to just count it as that, and we're, we're talking, you know yes. what I mean? Because we don't know how Tom Brady's career is going to end. Is he going to be Joe Namath, Johnny Unitas, Peyton Manning even? You know, and Peyton or writes off. John Elway. John Elway. If he goes off with a Super Bowl championship, or does he hang on a couple of years too long and kind of descend to mediocrity? Right. And remember, nobody remembers Favre in 2010 with the Vikings as well. You know, it's one of those things that you sort of you sort of block. We remember out of your him head. still with the Packers. Right. Or that 2009 season in Minnesota. We don't we don't talk about the Jets yes. era, right? Yes. That 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 long thing there. But I, I just feel like Brady. It's been sustained success like that. And with Jordan, it just we had 
a break, right? I mean, that's when he went into baseball and all the circumstances surrounding that, and then his comeback, and that was incredible. But, you know, for that one period of time, and again, we're talking a different type of sport also. It's hard when Jordan is one of five, whereas Brady is one of 22 starters, if you know what I mean. We're talking how deep was the Bulls bench? Nine? You know, yeah. nine guys? When in, the, in terms of what are we looking at here with Brady? And the number of people that he's played with with the Patriots. It's, it's a difficult comparison, but, I mean, they're in that same rare air. I mean, that's, when you have two minutes left on the clock in the NFL and you need to drive for the touchdown, who do you want? Tom Brady. You know, I was asked by Doug Gottlieb, um, you know, on Monday on Fox Sports Radio. He said, you know, who's better? Who would you want as your starting quarterback, Brady or Rodgers in the Super Bowl? And I said, Brady, because he's been there more. I know what I'm getting with Tom Brady. I don't know what I'm necessarily getting with Aaron Rodgers sometimes because he only played in one of them. Okay, so let me ask you this, because I think it's an intriguing question, too. If I told you right now, two years from today, you have to take either Brady or Belichick for the next two years. Who do you take? I take Belichick. I do, because he keeps reinventing himself. Look look at the trends that that he's paid attention to, and and kudos to him for assembling a smart staff around and to keep him posted on this. But they see something in the college game a few years ago. Use this as an example against the Baltimore Ravens. They saw something on film that was borrowed about using linemen in certain formations. They come back, they beat the Ravens after being down by 14 points. They bring in the college-type offense into the NFL, but they don't do a Chip Kelly. They successfully incorporate parts of it. Getting your wide receivers into space, realizing that the NFL no longer is going to be that vertical passing game. It's very rare you have an offensive line that can hold up six, seven seconds left plays develop downfield. Belichick is always ahead of the curve. And remember this, too. Coaches aren't fighting father time in the same way that Tom Brady and his Facebook show are fighting time. So having said all that, do you believe the Patriots should be four-and-a-half, five-point favorite? Who would you pick in this game on Sunday against the Eagles? I would pick the Patriots, but I always go with the opposition in the first half. You know what I mean as far as the points go? Because what New England does is at halftime they've taken your best shot, they adjust, and most other teams don't. They fade, whether it's fatigue, I don't know. Because you could see as how Atlanta got worn down last year as their offense couldn't get anything done. You saw it a bit with the Jacksonville Jaguars as their offense continued to sputter. What happens is teams don't adjust. Maybe if they're ahead, a little bit of complacency comes in or they start to play a little bit scared. That's, I think, the big difference with the Pats. Do you think Gronk is going to be 100% for this game? Because it's a concussion, as close to a guy who was concussed a couple (laughs) weeks ago can be, to play football. And, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, what is the concussion protocol? Where is the science behind impact testing? That tells you it's absolutely safe for a guy to come back and play, right? And we talk about challenges. And you would have been stunned, by the way. I was a little bit surprised he didn't even come back in the second half because I think in past years he would have. I think it's fair to say that everybody listening to us right now would have been and or would be stunned if Gronk didn't come out and play the full game, uh, assuming he's healthy, like it doesn't get hurt again in the Super Bowl. Right, exactly. And listen, we saw with Julian Edelman a couple years ago in the Super Bowl. We've seen it a couple times this year where the concussion protocol has failed. This one was pretty obvious. You weren't going to get him back out there on the field, but he should be cleared to return. We'll see. And again, you know, because he's in concussion protocol, he gets to skip media days until he's cleared. So until later in the week, hey, what's the rush? Big story for media days, and we spent a lot of time on this Tuesday, and people disagreed with me. We put up a poll question, and I said, you know, did Tom Brady overreact uh, to a radio show host calling his kid an annoying little pissant from his Facebook reality show? About 80% of people said, no, he didn't overreact. You've got kids. I've got kids. My argument when I came on was I said, look, if you bring a reality show camera into your house, you are allowing people to comment on your family because you're making them a part of the public persona and also 
that's what we do. We comment on entertainment, which is different than, let's say, if there was a picture I said of Brady or a video of Brady and his family on the field after winning a Super Bowl. That's different to me because that's like experiencing your dad's life, but you're not necessarily asking for all that attention. Your dad just happens to be famous. Here, Brady's making a decision to bring his family into the public eye in some way, and everybody doesn't have to respond to that favorably. Your thoughts. Am I, do you agree with me, or do you think that the radio host and what he said was outside the bounds? Here's where I think all this stems from. The fact that it happened at his radio station where he'd been working. Where, that they well, He goes on him. as a guest. W, they pay him yeah. each week. He's a, he's a paid guest. Let's make sure we got that right. Yeah. WEEI pays Tom Brady a good amount of money to come on each week. He's built a rapport with these guys. He's come on rain or shine most of the time. Tom Brady's loyal like that. When he feels that you have crossed that bounds of loyalty, well, that's how he reacts. If this was something written... New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Chicago Tribune, uh, and websites, whatever. It's different because it wasn't personal. This to Tom Brady became personal. That's why he took it out on the reporter to me. I agree. Listen, if you want to introduce your kids into reality shows, a lot of the stuff does become fair game. You're giving up that, that cloak of secrecy, so to speak. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. It's just a fact of it. And if this is part of a television show and you're reviewing the show and you think the kid's an annoying pissant, well, okay, that's part of your critique but this one was because it hit so close to home for Brady he responded the way he did I think that's a good distinction I will say this though given the fact that he has that relationship with the station he didn't have to make it public he could have gone to them and said hey did you hear what one of your guys said handle this internally I'm unhappy about it once he goes on the show and makes a statement about it tens of millions of people who would have never otherwise known that statement was made become aware that that statement was made and so I, I, that's where I thought he turned it into a story when he didn't need to turn it into a story. If you're truly worried about what something somebody said about somebody, your kid, you're broadcasting it to the vast majority of people once you raise an issue with it. Right. I mean, and, and I understand that, but I also think, too, number one, that speaks to the emotion that was involved. I believe your son became a little bit, you know, had a little, <laughs> little bit of an incident on a Delta flight, yes. uh, you know, the inability to travel, but that became something there. I, you know, I'm sure there's trolls that, that hit you on that, that sort of thing. You know, it, In general, I said this before, and I'm sure you agree, most parents would. To me, I'm in a public eye, you're in the public eye with what we do. Right. By and large, to me, wife and kids should be off limits. But my distinction here where I'm saying that I see a difference is when you decide to have a reality show surrounding your off-field life and your family, right. you're bringing them in in the same way that uh, the Kardashians are mostly grown, but they had Kendall Jenner in there long before she was of age, right? Right. Before she was 18. Nowadays, if you and I don't watch a lot of these reality shows, but, but I know that they exist. The Chrisleys, the Duggars, like there's all these families that literally exist. Sarah Palin's family, uh, when she decided to do a reality show. The goal is to give a picture of your family's life. And when you do that, you are bringing in kids who are really young and probably, frankly, not that healthy for them. Oh, right? really? You think, yeah, huh? To be on a reality television show. But you are bringing those cameras into the house and allowing people to react to them. And I think it's then hard to, like, unring that bell. Right. And, I, you know, what we don't know, too, is how much is Tom hearing this at home? You know, well, and that's what this? that's what Jason Martin said when we talked about this. Is this, and I think that's fair. Like Giselle might well have said, "I don't know about this decision, Tom. Uh, this is a bad idea because people are going to talk about our kids." 
And then he said, no, 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 nobody's going to talk about the kids. And then they do it at the station that he goes on, wow. and she's upset. And so he makes a decision, I need to go out and, and respond to this. Yeah, and that's, that's painful for Tom. I'm telling you, his, listen, this guy lives a very myopic life, okay? Yeah. He's, he doesn't really. In bed at 8 o'clock every night, like doesn't eat tomatoes, like doing whatever like he can to extend his longevity as a, co- as a player. Right, and it's the way he's wired. You know, he just he, it's a very small circle of people. There's a lot of trust that's involved with Tom Brady. And if someone breaches that trust, they're out of the kingdom, so to speak. That's it. They're no longer yeah. in the Tom Brady business, and that's where that's where the people. And at WEI, by the way, what, what is your editorial policy? Do you possibly vet the website, or do you just throw stuff up? You just let anyone do what they want to do there. Oh no! I to mean, put something like this up there, like, are, are you kidding? Like, you're not going to run this by station management. The guy should get fired for incompetence. Well, now, not for what he did, but yeah. for being so stupid as to post something about Tom Brady like this on a station where he's a fellow employee, so to speak, albeit a part timer. You should just get fired because you're dumb. I think that the guy who said it, and I always try to defend people who talk. Because I, I know what that's like as a young guy when you're getting used to sitting and talking in front of a microphone for three hours every day. So far, I haven't gotten fired for anything that I've said. Doesn't mean that it might not happen today. Oh, for Doesn't sure. mean that it might not happen tomorrow. But so I think he's just not that smart. And I also think if he had used a phrase other than pissant, if he had said, you know, the kid looks like he's running around like an annoying uh, brat for this scene. Doesn't mean the kid's always a brat. Like every parent. The kid's a brat. No matter how right. good of a parent you are, no matter how good your kids are, there are do- times in every parent's day where they're like, you are being a total brat right now. And certainly times in every parent's week. And so I think the phrase pissant, like, to a lot of people, like, maybe they're not familiar with it. It just kind of struck out. But, again, we never talk about it. We never hear it. We never discuss it if Brady doesn't address it and if it doesn't turn into a major story surrounding media days. And remember this, too, the, the hypocrisy of Tom Brady in this regard he will not talk about this documentary when asked about the media. Yet here it is being promoted in average. But he doesn't want to go outside team goals. Yet yes. what's he doing going outside team goals? I mean, it's almost like Vince McMahon saying there's no politics in the XFL, but everyone's going to stand for the anthem. Okay, sure. Right. So it also brings in, and I think it's an interesting point, it reminds me of all these reality shows where you'll be watching them and the people who are being interviewed will say, I don't know why these cameras are just following me around everywhere and trying to report on me. And you think to yourself, yeah, why are all those cameras following him around? Just let him have a normal life. But you're watching a reality show where you're talking to a camera. You right. know, it's like you're fine talking to some cameras, but you don't want other cameras there for Brady to have a reality show and then not want to talk about having a reality show because he doesn't want to distract from the team. You're like, dude, you have a reality show. Right. And you decided to debut it while football season was still going on, thinking that your team was going to have a chance to make the Super Bowl. Like, you know what the dates are. You've got the calendar booked. You could have waited to debut this show in March. You could have debuted it in the summer when there's nothing going on. You could have done it not during the season. Right, and what is reality? This is a sliver of a person's life of what they want you to see. That he's edited. You're right, that's highly edited. That's yes. why you can't – you have to understand when you watch it. Like, I understand. I watch Amazing Race. I watch Survivor. Those are like yes. the two shows on TV that I watch. I understand what they are. I also don't want to know how the, the sausage is made before I eat it, if you understand what yes. I'm saying. I get it, though, but I also don't try to pretend that these are the way people are in real life. It's, it's scripted entertainment. This is how I look at all reality television. We're talking to Alex Marvez. Follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. He joins us every week here on Outkick the Coverage. We're live Radio Row, third floor of the Mall of America in the food court. Big timers, of course. Uh, Alex, when you look, we talked a lot about the Super Bowl. You mentioned the XFL. I know you're a wrestling guy. Like, you pay attention to it. Ronda Rousey's coming into the league, uh, coming into the WWE. I'm curious what you think about that. Does Vince McMahon's XFL have a chance in 2020? How much support is he going to get from the Trump administration? 
you know, his well, wife. Who knows being if in, Trump's still going to be the president well, in 2020? Well, but his wife, you know, being in charge of yes, the Small Linda Business McMahon, Administration, yes. may be able to help, you know, pave the way for them to have certain things. And, you know, this is obviously, to me, it's a play that's not about football. How many times have we heard about Vince McMahon wanting to get back in the football game during his time since the XFL folded initially? We never did. But suddenly an opportunity pops up. You can curry political favor for your family, you know, and as, as, because obviously this is an opportunity for Linda McMahon to move beyond Trump. You know, to say, okay, I'm, I'm a staunch Republican. She's tried to get office before. They have donated to the Democrats Spent now. millions and millions of dollars trying yes, to get elected in Connecticut. Yes, And to Vince McMahon, what's $100 million if it buys you political power? Especially when you're in your future? 70s. Like, what else is he getting? He's going to leave a billion dollars to his family regardless. Exactly. Like, exactly. It's, it's, an inter- it's a nice so, wager to be able to place such on the table $100 million. Right, so you throw this out there. It was like, I'm, I'm just waiting for the monorail on The Simpsons. Remember yes, that? Yes. I'm waiting for Lyle Langley to come out on this XFL video to tell me about this monorail that's going to be built. Because it's going to be fun. There's going to be two hours. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. There's no plan for this whatsoever, right? This is all conceptual. Oh, and by the way, thanks for giving the NFL a two-year heads up to make sure that they launch their own league and they take away from this one. That being said, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't, listen to this, spring football. Did you like watching spring football? No. my argument. terrible. My argument is if you're going to do it, do it in the summer. Because right. I think there's a lot of people who, when the Super Bowl ends on Sunday, they will say, okay, I'm going to turn the page. I'm going to watch college basketball. I'm going to start to pay a little bit of attention to the NBA, hockey, hey, my fam- whatever you're My into. family might be around, may want to spend some time Get, with them. Yeah, that's Maybe definitely not in your case. case yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah, you know. Get ready for Major League Baseball, like, you know, kind of the, the direction that that's going, all of those sports. To me, when people want football is like June and July. When it's been several months without right. it, that's when I would play this league if I were him. Uh, sp- sticking to Vince McMahon because he's making a lot of news. What do you think about Ronda, Ronda Rousey to the WWE? I mean, it's listen, as you know, they've said they've signed her to a full-time contract. We don't know what that means. You know, wrestling fans, we'll see how they embrace her. You know, she's got to – basically, we're going to see teases of Ronda Rousey as she continues to train. The one thing that you have with her is that she's been in front of large crowds before. She knows how to respond. She knows how to perform. She's extremely athletic. If you're going to do a scripted match like they're going to do, obviously, with, with Hunter and with Stephanie, then they're able to practice this match ad nauseum. You're just going through a script, and that'll be fine. I think the big question is what is – the longevity of Ronda Rousey. Do people get into her? But, you know, listen, hey, it got them a, a ton of publicity, and, and obviously she didn't want to keep fighting for real, so she goes to WWE. Kudos to her for extending her career. I'm sure that we're going to be talking about this a lot, but the Super Bowl is obviously happening on Sunday. Already the attention for 30 other NFL teams has pivoted to the draft. How many quarterbacks do you think will go in the first round? What kind of order do you think they'll go in? Obviously, we haven't seen the combine. We haven't seen everything that's going to come from that. The senior bowl now has happened, though. What are you hearing about the number of first-round potential quarterbacks, and what are you hearing about their potential order? Darnold at one. To the Browns. Darnold at one to the Browns. Rosen is tricky. I just don't see the Giants going quarterback at two right now with Eli. I see them going early second round or trying to trade back up into the first round. Okay, so if they do draft it too, you think Saquon, Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley's their okay. guy, right? Now, it gets interesting here. If, if, if Rosen is available, is this a move that the, that the Denver Broncos make? Do they fall in love with him to try to bring him in, or is it potentially Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen? It's those three guys that are a little bit of a weird order now because what's going to happen is Josh Allen's going to fool you. Not fool you, but he's going to intrigue you. Let's put it like Big, that. Big, strong arm, like a uh, guy that could theoretically be a Ben Roethlisberger-like down exactly. the road, right? And if you're the Buffalo Bills, and maybe even the Cleveland Browns, for example, because I think they're going to look at this. Knowing the weather conditions that you play in, you want that strong armed, big-bodied guy 
does he fit what you want, even though his accuracy is uh, – fixing accuracy right. is – It's always guy. difficult. Yeah, Ask you, Jake Locker. Jake Locker. I was yes. about to say, yeah, just, you know, friendly reminder there for you. Yeah, so, thank you. you no know, problem. I'm here for you. So, you know, we've got those four guys. Then we get to a little bit of the, the outlayers. You know, Mason Rudolph, you know, potential late first round. Lamar Jackson, potential late first round. Because when you look at all the, the run-pass option that the Eagles did this year, you may start to see more teams go that direction. Lamar can run that. It's, it, but you have to be willing to So six to guys potentially offer. in the first potentially. round. I don't, I don't see Luke Fox moving up there. It's a great story, don't get me wrong, and, but I don't see him as being there. I don't really see anyone else having that type of first-round potential. I think six guys as much as likely four, maybe five. What about your boy? I know I said last question, but this is the real last question. We're talking to Alex Marvez. Go follow him on Twitter. What about your boy Dan Mullen guaranteeing the national title for your Gators? It's easy. We, just, we don't even need to play the whole season. We just did it. By him guaranteeing it. This man walks on water right now at Florida. Just finishing the, like, 99 or 98 on offense, and we're good. Score some of, points. Yeah, finally. That's what Gators right. want. Uh, that's Alex Marvez, Wednesday edition, Outkick the Coverage. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joined now by a guy who knows a little bit about the Super Bowl because he's a won a couple bit. of them. Just a little bit. <laughs> Whoa. Almost took oh, down the man. whole set there. The set that was all, that would have been oh, unbelievable. Man, Terrell Davis with us now. Are we on TV or just radio? Just radio. Okay. You don't have to worry about your uh, I posture you, or anything because else. I see you have the box. Well, I think, nicely he, I think my man Elijah here is going to take a picture of a uh, of, of everything. Oh, okay. If we can deal with the fact that you just broke, I the just desk. tore up the desk, man. There's it's no broken. doubt about that. You can bill me later, right? All right. So first question I got to ask, and you've probably been asked about this by several people, but. Do you think Kirk Cousins should go play for the Broncos if they make a run yes, at him? Yes, man. Beyond of a course, shadow of I've a doubt. I've said that, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, well, I, my first um, option would have been Alex Smith. Um, but You would rather have had Alex Smith? Not, it's not a – well – Why? You, why? I mean, I'm kind of curious breaking down the two guys. What do you see in Alex Smith that you think he's – like you just, like the Redskins move then in theory? No, I'm just saying just for Denver, I think Alex Smith, in terms of what I've seen from him his entire career, you know, he's yeah. a steady guy. He's pretty consistent with what he, what he does. You know, um, he's been proven in this league. You know, he's, they're both mobile. They both uh, can throw the deep ball. Um, but I just think Alex, in the way his game is, with what Denver wants to do, makes sense. You know, they just want a quarterback that is – can man, you know, I, I guess the word manage. Game manage is game, what, yeah, yes. that's, You know, being it's a manager is not a yeah, bad thing. Right, I'm, right, I'm, right. It's not a bad thing. Manage the game, and he doesn't turn the ball over. Alex just doesn't turn the ball over. Like, he's, he's pretty conservative, yes. but that's okay. That's what Denver wants. You know, they want, a, they want a team that's defense, run the football, and have a quarterback that can make those crucial throws in crucial, crucial situations. Alex can do that. Do you, now that your career is over, do you still root for the Broncos compared to your college? Like, how would you assess when a game's going on? Do you feel more stress rooting for the Broncos from your pro career or college? Both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who? I was at the man. I was at the national title game, man. And yeah, how was that? I was oh there too. That was goodness. an incredible environment. Wasn't yeah, it, it was incredible. It was. Uh, it was the high of the highs, uh, the low of the lows. So, man. did you guys? Did you? Uh, Georgia has been close a lot. Did you this think is the closest we've been, by, right? By far. We, we've been a good program for, for a number of years. We're, we're a program that nationally, right, uh, we normally stay in the southeast. And I was proud that we went to Notre Dame this right. year, right, South Bend. And then we went and played in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. Did you go to that game against I, Oklahoma? I did go to that game, yeah. I how, was that, how was that? Uh, phenomenal. I mean, that's one of the best phenomenal. college football games of all time, Phenomenal, right? man. That game was, was So insane. at halftime, were you like, man, I wish I hadn't come out here to watch this no, game? No, no. You were still confident I even said, at halftime. Yeah, at halftime I said that Georgia's going to come back. We're going to win this game. We're going to run the football. We're going to win this game. 
That's awesome. Hey, because what I saw in the first half, I said Georgia's, you know, they're in the game. They just couldn't solve the riddle yes. of Oklahoma's uh, offense. But I figured after a while, you know, Mel Tucker, the defensive coordinator, he saw a little bit of that. He's like, you know what? He made a, a nice adjustment to that and was able to come out in the second half. And, I, and what was crucial was that kick before the field halftime. Goal right the field goal, half. they put three on the board, made a 17-point lead, only 14, which I knew coming back out of the halftime. If we could stop them on the first drive, we had a huge chance to win that game. How do you think Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, running backs for Georgia, project in the NFL draft? Well, yeah, I mean, I think they do. I mean, what we're seeing these, these uh, last couple of years are we're seeing the resurgence of running backs. You know, now it's a position that's not a throwaway pick anymore. Yes. You know, we're starting to get backs that are coming out right now, highly productive. Last year's draft class was awesome. The year before that was, was awesome. And when you have guys like Todd Gurley going in the top, you know, top 10 and, you know, doing what he's doing, you have – uh, Zeke doing what he's doing. You got Leonard Fournette doing what he's doing. Teams are, aren't, they're not shy anymore. And here's what's happening. I think it makes sense for a team to draft a running back high now because you're basically playing. You got a guy on a, on a one year, on a, a rookie contract for four years. Right. And that's the best for year running for back. a running back. Yes. And so now you look at Lev Bell right now, who's built his equity up. How much is he worth? Whatever he's asking for. <laughs> You'd give it to him. I'd give it to him. Absolutely. What, how good can Saquon Barkley be? Is he the most reliable guy in your mind in the draft this year? I mean, in that you know he's not going to go into the NFL and just not be good, right, right? Right, I'd be shocked. Beyond belief. There are quarterbacks you might get him in there and yeah. they're not good. But that, Saquon Barkley is going to be big time. Unless you just have no quarterback and you have no blocking for him and it just becomes one of those years. But I think he is special. And I watched him when he played against USC in the Rose Bowl. Yes. That's the first time I had seen a young man play. And I called my buddy, uh, Anthony Lynn, who's the head coach of the Chargers. And his son went to Penn State. And I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. He's like, he's like man, T, he's, he's nice. And so I was impressed when I saw him then. And I watched him and followed him this year. And he, he is. He, he's solid. You, I want to go back to the game you watched between Georgia and Alabama. Um, do you think Georgia, with Kirby Smart, has the ability? People always talk about getting to the next level, yeah. right? And you said Georgia's been close. We haven't ever been that close, you said. How good is Jake Fromm? How good is Kirby Smart recruiting? Do you think Georgia will be back where they were in the title game against Alabama? We have the number one quarterback in the nation, Justin Fields, going there. Yes. So, so listen, he's taking – Top recruiting class in the nation, we have, too. We, yes, we have, a, we have a, a nice class. Now, sometimes that presents problems because yes. kids transfer out. But that's a great problem to have. I have no doubt in my mind that Kirby will take this team. He's already taken it to the next level. Think about it. I mean, he's yeah. already taken his team to the next level, and I think he'll continue to, to do that. Now, it's going to be tough to get back because that's just the way it is. But, yeah, I think Kirby's certainly the right man. And, and Georgia's been different. The mentality, I, I went down there this year, and I had a chance to, to go to practice and spend some time with Kirby and, and watched how, from the inside, what they look like. It's impressive. We're talking to Terrell Davis, a uh, couple of Super Bowl rings himself. You got one of them from, uh, from Kay Jewelers yes. right here. Tom Brady going for his sixth uh, in eight different That's Super Bowl incredible. trips. How many years do you think? I'm sure part of you thinks, man, I wish I was playing now because the technology, because the ability to recover is better and better. Players can have longer careers. Where's the top end for a quarterback? I mean, can we see a 45-year-old quarterback perform at a high level? Like, what, what point does – the mind not be able to get the body to do what it wants it to do. Well, we, we, we used to think it was the high 30s. Yeah. You know, I played with the legend in John Elway, and, and I saw a guy play 
uh, at a high level. And if he had been protected under these rules and not been able to be hit, like in the same way, I talked to Troy Aikman about that, right? Like Troy Aikman says, man, if, if I had been able to stand in the pocket and get protected like quarterbacks do today when I threw the football, I would have had a couple of more years at least on the end of my tenure. And, and I think that's, that's a great point. Um, you know, John was a running quarterback too. And, and so there's still there's some protection for running quarterbacks, but not a whole lot. But, yeah, I think we're about to see what Tom Brady, because to me, I thought Tom Brady, I thought this year would have been one of those years where you, you kind of see the writing on the wall. Right. I'm not seeing it. Uh, but we know there will be a day where Tom just can't play, and he can't play at the level that he's certainly playing at right now. Now, it's also up to Tom whether he wants to play past uh, where he's not himself, you know, yes. like where Peyton Manning felt like, you know, I can't do it anymore. I think if Tom sees himself or his, his production go down, does he then say, I don't want people to see me like this? Correct. But if, but if he didn't care and he wanted to play until, you know, he, couldn't, he literally couldn't do it anymore, he can probably play until he's 45. Now, I don't know if the Patriots would keep him until he's 45. He might play for another team. Yeah. Um, but right now, man, listen, the man is doing some stuff that I've never thought the man could do. And so – if he says he's going to play the 45, I think we should believe him. Is anybody else – I know it's hard to say it's not going to happen again, but you know how hard it is to get to a Super Bowl. Yes. When you hear that a guy has been to eight, what do I you can, think I, about – I mean, that's like two <laughs> extra seasons of football just in the playoffs and everything else that rolls that's, into that. Okay, so the other day that, that point was brought up. Uh, I, I thought about that. I was like, man, you know, think, I remember – The total going, number of games I, that Exactly. You People don't realize when you play that many postseason games and you've been in a Super Bowl that many years, the accumulation of those games – he's not playing, you know, 16 games a year. Right. This man is playing like 19, 18 games, sometimes 20 games a year. Yes. Pretty much 19 because they, they really play in that in the wild, the wild card, card. Game. But still, 19, 19 you add that up games. over the course of his career. Man, I remember we went, we went through uh, the two-year period. We went through in 97 and 98. Actually, 96, 97, a lot of games, yes. right? I was exhausted. So you never hear them saying there's, a, there's fatigue right. from playing this You hear games. that a lot about the NBA, NBA for the postseason. Basketball. People talk about it all the time, but they never talk about it in the NFL, the accretion never. of all those extra games and how that adds never. up at the end of your career. It does. I, like I said, I went through a two-year span of that, and I was exhausted. And then you come in and you play regular season games. They've always been the best team, so every time they play – they're playing essentially playoff games every single week. Because everybody gives them their best shot. You have to. That's who you're measuring yourself yes. up against is the Patriots. So when you play them, it's your chance to see where you are, how far you've gotten, how do you look, and they're the best barometer for, for how, you, how, you, how your team is. If I gave you this option, I said you have to take either Belichick for the next two years or Brady for the next two years. Which one is more valuable to the Patriots? I don't know if you can separate the two. That's a good, good answer, I, I, but I, I mean, I think it's can, a tough debate. It is, it, it's no question about it. I don't think Belichick can do what he's doing without Tom Brady, and I don't know if Tom Brady can do what he's doing without Belichick. Right. And it's okay. We, we love to separate the two, right? Yes. Why can't we just enjoy that they, they are a great working pair. They have a great, you know, not working in terms of behind the scenes, but on the field. Yes. And how they function. They function well together, and... I, here's what we're going to find. We're going to find out at some point. Correct. And I think Belichick wants to prove he can do it without Brady. I don't know that Brady will ever be able to prove that he can do it without Belichick. Because I think not, not Belichick's this, got more years. Not left. at this stage in his, in his career. Correct. You know, if he goes somewhere, it, 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 I, I highly doubt at this age, and his, he'll probably be 42 or 40, 41 if it ever happens. And at that, at that age, you're not going anywhere 
doing much in a, in a whole new different system, whole new players, whole organ. I don't, I don't see that happening. We're talking to Terrell Davis. Who are you here with K uh, Jewelers? What are you doing? I am here, uh, honored to be with K Jewelers. It's the number one jewelry store in America. It's the official jewelry store of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and the, the company's been trusted to create this beautiful ring of excellence. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's we'll a, be on so it'll be on social media. You can check yeah, it out check and it see out. what's going on there with the Hall of Fame rings and yeah. everything else. And so we have Valentine's Day coming up in a few. I got to take care of my wife. Yeah, man. No so and so yes. we, we, you got to win Valentine's Day, right? Yes. So, right. Valentine. So you ever make a mistake on Valentine's Day and do a bad job of it? Uh, no, because I go to no, because I go to K Jewelers. <laughs> I go to K Jewelers or KJewelers.com, and uh, I make sure I get that special gift, man. So, yeah, I don't, I don't make any bad mistakes because this is what I do. Outstanding stuff. <laughs> so, who you got? Patriots or uh, Eagles? Um, I'm leaning towards the Patriots right now, but that could change. That's this is my early. I have two yeah. picks. I have two picks every Super early, Bowl. Early, early week. I, got my and early, then I have my early pick in the week, and then after that, I have my my night before the game pick, which is my, that's the one I'm going. Last with. Last question for you, because I'm staying in the same team hotel as the Eagles, and what I've been blown away by is the amount of security. And everybody says, "Oh, it's just another game," and all of those things. But just walking in the hotel, you can almost feel the tension and the fact that's that it's not I, just see, like any other game. That's what I. That, that's why I tell people. What I like to do is I like to get down to the Super Bowl. I like to go see the teams or as close as I can get to them. And try to walk get around a sense. and just get a feel for yeah. what's happening down here. Talk, you know. And then people say, "Well, ain't no, you know, fans in the mall don't they don't really dictate the outcome." I said, "They don't." I said, "I just want to hear what's happening because I remember being at Super Bowl. Right, that first Super Bowl trip has Let to be me, overwhelming. Your head's spinning. It is, but I remember Super Bowl thirty two in San Diego, my first Super Bowl." We went down to San Diego. I'm from San Diego, and all I heard was the media talk about how we couldn't win the game. Every single person on TV, oh, they can't win. I heard the fans. You'd put it on in your hotel room. You'd sit around and watch. Well, yeah. yeah. When I had some time, I'd turn it yeah. on, and I, and I can't tell you how much, from a motivation standpoint, the coaches can't buy that kind of motivation. They can't right. ask. It focuses for, you and, like, it channels your It focuses you in a way and, that, yeah, people say, well, you should. I said, no, something different. I said, maybe you, you wanted to to leave the field, you know, five minutes later because yeah. you just wanted to make sure you, you just looked at something that you wanted to work on just because you heard somebody. That's almost somebody told you. They said, well, so if somebody told you that you had something in your teeth, right, like you yes. had some broccoli, yeah. now you're conscious of it, right? Now every right. day you're going to be trying to scrape the broccoli out your teeth. That's what happens when people don't give you a chance. Now you're conscious of it. You're like, okay, let me go work on some stuff. You, because if, if somebody suckered you into kind of lowering you to sleep and telling you how great you are, you wouldn't – now there's nothing that you have, to, you have to work on. Right. In your mind. You yes. think, okay, we're fine. We're going to win this game. So little – but it's very minute. It's very small, but it's also something that I've noticed when the Broncos in Super Bowl 50, same thing happened. They played the Panthers. They didn't have a shot to win it. And I felt the same way then. So – I'm pretty good at and kind trying of, to get the psychology behind the game. Kind of get a sense for what's happening. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I know you got a ton of people to talk to today. Terrell Davis, outstanding. Appreciate the time, my man. Anytime. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. It's a confident show, especially when we have guests like the one who's joining us right now. We're going to check in on Jason Martin in a little bit. We'll track him down. He may be dead. We don't know. My producer had to bail. I think he had too much to drink last night, Mike. Uh, we are uh, with Mike Sherman, former NFL and college football coach. Uh, he's with Your Car, Your Call Football. We'll get to that here in a moment. Um, but I'm, I always like to talk to guys who coach both college and pro. And you hear a lot of discussion about Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, the difference between dominating in college and dominating in the pros. 
which did you like more and which was harder? How would you assess? You can legitimately break down the difference in these jobs. To you, what was the difference between coaching college and pro? Well, it's just a level of kids, the maturity level, and dealing more with families. And, uh, you know, you're talking to these kids in their living room, trying to get them to come to your college, and they're 17, 18 years old, mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, brother, sister, they're all involved in that process. And then, you, you know, you recruit your butt off to get them to come to your campus and hopefully sign with your team. You know, obviously the draft is a different perspective in, of how to acquire players, a little more scientific uh, and a little more predictable than college football can be. Uh, but, uh, you know, they both serve their purpose. As far as which one is better, it, it all depends on, you know, if you're with good people, it doesn't matter whether you're at one place or the other, in my mind. But they both have tremendous value. There's great college coaches, great NFL coaches, and uh, uh, the game is still the same. It's blocking, tackling, teaching people how to do things the right way, uh, being consistent, believing in a certain process that's going to get you to your ultimate goal is that to win a championship. Where are fans tougher? College or pro? Um, I would probably say the fans in pro football have an, an, uh, an abundantly more knowledge collectively yeah. than college football fans do. So I would say Green Bay Packers, for example. Green Bay Packers fans are very knowledgeable about everything that goes into the game, how the game's played, and um, the effects after the game. What is it like to be coaching in Green Bay? I mean, you hear so much from people about, you know, there are 31 pretty decent-sized cities, by and large, in the, in the NFL. And then Green Bay is like its own unique universe. What is that feeling like when you are at Green Bay? Does it feel like you're almost in a different universe than everybody else? I mean, you coached all over the place. What's unique about Green Bay? What's unique about Green Bay are the fans uh, and their passion and their love for their team. Uh, there's a connection there like no other. You know, if they're not in the stadium, they're in the parking lot tailgating while the game's being played. If they're not in the parking lot tailgating while the game's being played, they're at home, maybe in their garage with a TV and chairs set around the TV yes. watching the game. But everybody in that state is watching Packer football on Sunday afternoon. And uh, I, I don't know if there's anything like it. Texas A&M joins the SEC. Is A&M, you coached at A&M, you know the program well. They've been through Kevin Sumlin now. Obviously, they've got Jimbo Fisher there. Can A&M win a national title? Uh, they can. They're positioned uh, in the country uh, in an area where there's an abundance of football players. Now, when you open up the SEC, you also open up the door to Alabama, Auburn, uh, other teams coming into Texas that maybe hadn't made a home there. But, uh, yes, they, they can win a national championship. They're positioned that way from a facility standpoint uh, and an uh, administrative standpoint. So, yeah, they can do that. Johnny Manziel, you hear a lot about his recruiting and how he ended up at A&M. He's a redshirt freshman when he comes in and kind of takes the world by, by fire effectively when he comes in, wins the Heisman Trophy that year. When's the first time you saw him? Did you think – from the moment that you started recruiting him, this guy can play at a high level. Were you blown away by his success at, with the Aggies? 
I remember in the in the summer watching him on tape of his previous season. Uh, Tom Rossley, uh, my quarterback coach, offense coordinator, was a recruiter down in that area and paid attention to Johnny and brought the tape back. And we said, boy, this guy is unique. He can return kickoffs. He can he can run. He can throw. Uh, he, he did just everything you could ever ask a quarterback to do and then some on tape. Uh, they always played up at the high school to hire t- tougher teams, and he would perform very well against those teams. Um, initially, he did commit to Chip Kelly uh, at Oregon, and, and I wasn't going to offer him a scholarship until I saw him in person and looked him in the eye, and he hadn't been on campus yet. I think he went up to Oregon that summer and made a commitment. So we, we got him on campus. He ended up coming to just about all our home games, and I probably spent – uh, after each home game, two hours uh, visiting with he and his family uh, about him and how I saw him in College Station and, and what his future would look like. But uh, it was a great family, great kid. Uh, I really enjoyed my – and he actually entered school in, the, in January, so I had him that spring. Did you uh, ever think that he would have the success that he had? I knew he'd be successful. He just had that gleam in his eye that, you know, he, he loves competition. He loves to win. So I, I did know he'd be successful. To the level of a Heisman Trophy, uh, I d- didn't predict that, and I didn't promise that. You coached Brett Favre. What was it like coaching Brett Favre? Uh, in many ways, uh, it's uh, you, you stand there as a coach and you just watch him uh, with tremendous respect because of how he – uh, his practice, how he practices the game. A lot of time when you're an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, and you've done all this, you've done all that, those guys think they have a special uh, entitlement that allows them maybe not to practice as hard as everybody else. But he would practice harder than everybody else. And uh, there was kind of a, uh, a message out there somewhere that maybe he didn't study as hard or he didn't do this, he didn't do that. That, that was not true. Uh, when I was there, he worked extremely hard. Uh, you know, he had some youthful indiscretions at one point in his career, but he grew up as a player and he felt the responsibility uh, of each and every game on his shoulders uh, almost more than he should have. And, uh, you know, I used to tell him, you know, there's other guys out here, too, that have a job <laughs> that can help, you know. But uh, to watch, to, to appreciate Brett Favre, you have to go to practice and watch how he practices and, and how he competes to practice. Many times I've been told by the media after a game where he made one of his phenomenal rocket-like laser throws in the corner of the end zone that only he could throw. And he w- they would ask me, boy, have you ever seen anything like that before from a quarterback? I said, yeah, I have. I, I see it in practice every week. That's how he practices. And so it's not a surprise when he makes an underhanded throw, a, you know, over-the-shoulder throw, whatever he does to get the touchdown. Uh, it doesn't surprise me because I've usually seen it a couple times. Aaron Rodgers, what made you guys think Aaron Rodgers is potentially – the guy who can be the successor to Brett Favre. He certainly has ended up being that. And to me, your final gift that pays off every year with Packer fans is bringing in, I believe, Aaron Rodgers in the final draft that you would have been a part of as the Green Bay Packers. What did you see in Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, and Ted Thompson was a large factor in that decision and deserves the credit for making that decision. And the other credit goes to the fact that he, other people didn't make that decision. He went sooner. all the way to 24, so no one, he fell to you guys. No one ever expected him to be there at that time. But there was some conversation that week. And so I know I went back with my coordinator. We looked at him again and uh, studied him. And, and when you come out of Cal, you come out, you know, Tedford is a very specific, very detail-oriented uh, coach, and they hold the ball very high in a certain way. And so there were some things that you wondered if he could – 
be a little bit less ro- robotic in, 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 in so many terms. And uh, God knows he is about <laughs> as far from being a robot. This guy is very fluid and uh, can make just about every throw from every angle on the field. So uh, w- w- it was a great decision that was made by the Packers organization to take him. Uh, I don't think anybody in their right mind ever thought it would, it, he would last that long. And when he did, um, Ted jumped on him and took him to, to Green Bay. We're talking to Mike Sherman, former coach of the Green Bay Packers and Texas A&M Aggies. When you look now at this game that we've got a couple of days, uh, the Eagles going up against the Patriots, when you break down these two teams, can Nick Foles beat Tom Brady? Can the Eagles beat the Patriots? Or does it make you nervous to think about Bill Belichick with two weeks to get ready for a guy that, frankly, just hasn't played that many games? Well, anybody can beat anybody. Yeah. Uh, th- th- that's a fact. And, and in this premier game, that's even more so uh, because of all the complexities and all the distractions and all the things that come with playing in a Super Bowl. Um, Doug Peterson pl- played for me in Green Bay. He was as far as backup. I have a lot of respect for Doug, and, and how he's gone about getting to the point he's at right now is just unbelievable. So he deserves his just due as a, as a, as a head coach and what he's accomplished with this team this year. Um, coach Belichick, obviously, he's in a world in a league of his own, will go down as the greatest, maybe not just football coach, but maybe the greatest coach of all time, uh, as will his quarterback go down as being one of the greatest athletes of all time and the likes of a Bill Russell. A childhood idol of mine, but uh, uh, I, I, I never say you can't. It won't happen. Uh, the Patriots certainly have a lot more experience. Um, the thing about Super Bowls that, that's different is that people don't realize number one the distractions that occur, which obviously both coaches eliminate that to the best of their ability. But with family and friends and everybody that's come here to to be and watch with their with their their son or do- their son or or nephew, or whatever, that's a distraction. And that, that's real. And so you try to minimize that as best you can. The long halftime. You know, you know, last year Atlanta went into halftime, and it was a long time. They went in pretty fired up. Yes. And how you handle that halftime, because you're in there for a long time. Do you lose juice? Do you get your juice back? And obviously Belichick has been in that locker room a long time and so knows exactly how to handle those halftimes. I'm sure in a very corrective, um, objective method, he corrected mistakes they had made in the first half. So... Um, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, let's leave it at that. It's going to be a tough game. When you know how hard it is to get to a Super Bowl, when you hear that Brady and Belichick have been to eight, it's kind of an overwhelming number, right? When you know the number of guys and coaches who would do anything to get to one, to get to eight together, probably the likes of which we'll never see in the NFL again. Is that fair to say? I think it's very fair to say. I mean, the fact that two, a quarterback and a coach are the same guys – together for eight years is rare in uh, is and of rare itself in itself to say that they won eight championships uh compete for eight championships um is just unbelievable and uh, to think that they're not done either one's planning on retiring uh, anytime soon from what i can tell last question for you we're talking to mike sherman then i'll ask you about your uh, who you're working with here should texas and texas a&m play yes. every year yes do you think it will happen again i don't know there's still a lot of egos involved there uh a lot of personalities, uh, but that is a game that every young man in Texas dreams of playing in, and it's a phenomenal football game, has great tradition, it's a great rivalry. Each team represents a different element of, of the state of Texas, and it needs to be played. You are here with uh, Your Call Football, uh, yourcallfootball.com. Tell me what you're doing with them. Well, Your Call Football, it has, believe it or not, has been in existence for 
four to five years already from a technical side. It's a, it's a Boston-based company, and they've been working on this and trying to connect the fans to the process of, of the football game where the fans can actually pick a play yes. and it's called in the game. Which, you know, when you tell that to people, it it's kind pretty of blows, awesome. blows their mind. They yes. don't get it. They always say, I love the idea, but I don't understand it. So we try to explain it to them. Uh, it's like Madden with live players. And so on, in Vera Beach, Florida, this spring, we're going to take the top 100 free agent players in the country, and we're going to practice two teams against each other uh, for three weeks, three-week preseason, and then we're going to play three games that are going to be streamed live. Each fan who has that app, will be able to pick the play they want run in the game. They'll go to a satellite, come back down to the sideline to the coach. Merrill Hodges is the other head coach. I'm one of the head coaches. And then we look at we look at a monitor and say, okay, they, they want to run Fox 2 XY hook. We run Fox 2 XY hook. It's called. If it works, they they get points for it. If it doesn't, somebody who didn't pick it might get points. So, How it, many plays a game? Uh, probably going to get about 60 plays a game, 62 plays so a game. So you'll be able to vote that many times? Yeah. Oh, you'll, you'll be able call in every play. Yeah. Yeah. Be, oh, wow. Actually, be more than that when you talk about both sides of the ball. But uh, yeah, the fans are going to get a chance to be the. Uh, uh, I'm going to be able to say to them, "Hey, you picked a bad <laughs> play. You, know, you lost the game." I'm going to be able to say that now. Before I couldn't say that. They would say that's that to really me. cool. Yourcallfootball.com. Maybe we need to get you on again uh, in the spring when that game actually is about to take place because I'd love to talk about it a little bit more. It's the next evolution, honestly, in football. Well, I, th- I think that it is, and I and I think. We talk about the evolution of fantasy football and Madden and all this. This brings it all together and, and really brings the fan closer uh, to the game where they're a part of it. And they deserve that. I mean, they've been watching the game for so long, they, they need to be a part of the game now. And so inviting them into the game, I think, is going to be a big plus for us. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's Mike Sherman, former Packer and Texas A&M head football coach. And soon you're going to be able to call plays for him. It's Mike Sherman here on Fox Sports Radio. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.